You're listening to Rogue Agents, episode 32, featuring the James Bond movie trailers, part three. second episode of the rogue agents podcast a part of the honor majesty's secret podcast channel brought to you by our fine patreon sponsors and white rocket entertainment i'm your host agent alan although some of you may know me as tex joining me as co-agents are let's start off with the man in the secret location jared what's the most 007 thing that uh, you've been up to since we last got well in addition to being in a clandestine location i'm broadcasting from not my normal studio, so if I sound a little different, that is the reason. But I would say the most exciting Bond thing, I've had a couple of Bond things exciting happen over the last few days. I acquired the Octopussy and Goldeneye soundtracks on cassette, so my Bond cassette collection continues to grow. I acquired every episode of James Bond Jr., And I acquired, finally, after a couple of years of hunting, every issue of the 12-issue Marvel run of James Bond Jr. So it's been a big acquisition time for me recently in the Bond world. So that's what I've been up to. And what are you going to do with those 65 episodes of James Bond Jr.? (laughs) I'm trying to work up the energy to do a podcast around it, but I'm like, 65-episode commitment? God dang, that is a haul right there. So. I'm thinking about uh, maybe ways to tackle that. Maybe we do like three episodes per episode, if you know what I'm saying. About an hour's worth of content for each episode. I don't know. I'm going to kick that around. We might be bringing you some James Bond Jr. content, folks. But I got some more planning to do. Sounds like fun. Pat, what have you been up to? Well, Tex, I am glad you asked. I have done some traveling recently. So I've been kind of jet-setting around we're here and there in different places. Well, I guess basically just to Arizona, but you know what? It's, it's a place, a desert. I could think that I was like, you know, in Sanchez's area back then or something like that. There is a James Bond comic book story set in Arizona. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. I didn't know that. So Good to know. Go. So I've done something that way. But what I did do is look up some James Bond jokes. And with that, let me go ahead and tell you one of my jokes. Oh, that dear. I I, I'd forgotten about this, but okay. the last one was so bad. <laughs> Is this from Pat GPT? Yeah, <laughs> it might be. It <laughs> might be. <laughs> but let me tell you this joke. It says, why does James Bond always clean his martini glass? You guys are stunned. You don't have an answer. So let me go ahead and get to it. He doesn't want any fingerprints at the scene of the crime. That is Pat GPT, guaranteed. Guaranteed it's Pat GPT. <laughs> I am no not bad. worried about these robots taking over anymore. I just <laughs> am not. Once again, data from Star Trek trying to tell a job. <laughs> That's what we've got going on here. Because he doesn't seem worried about things. Let's move it over to uh, to Jason. <laughs> what have you been up to, Jason? Well, Alan, I haven't done any James Bond acquisition, but... With these summers getting hotter here in the state of Washington, I went to my super secret spy briefcase, broke out those gold sovereigns, and had some air conditioning <laughs> conditioning installed in my house. Oh, 
so, so now we got some central air. Oh, Jared. Oh, Jared, it is a game changer. Oh, my, oh, my. Oh, my goodness. That You know that upstairs room that's like the hot box? Oh, it's mm-hmm. so cool up there. So nice. Oh, man. So wait, wait, hold on. Hold, hold on. Wait, hold, wait, wait, wait. Hold. Oh, I wait. know where this is going. Wait, hold. I do, too. Wait. There, there's a hot box in your house. Hmm. I don't sleep in it. First, first I've heard of it. Never heard you complain about Delvin, it. Delvin's going to fly to what? Washington. Try <laughs> your house. Close your vents. <laughs> Take my outside unit. Walk off with it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Well, oh, sounds very cool, Jason. Very cool indeed. That was a better joke than what Pat did. <laughs> hey, hey. So let's move it over to, we've already heard from him, but let's move it over to Delvin. What have you been uh, up to over the last few weeks, Delvin? Uh, nothing too crazy. Uh, probably the funnest thing I did was this past weekend, uh, me and a couple buddies uh, went to a place in Charlotte called Supperland. It's a restaurant built from the remains of a church that was there. So if I'm using a super bad pun, you know, like Bond um, sort of had like a uh, prosperity minister, uh, Mr. Joe Butcher. There was a very good butcher there because I had a sirloin steak that was amazing. So that would be the tie that I have uh, to the Bond Universe somewhat. And oh yeah, Jared's in Atlanta. If anyone's looking for him, I'm trying to sign. ah, you ratted me out. Bless your heart. I was gonna say, did you say bless your heart when you left the tip? <laughs> did you say I love this steak so, so much? much. <laughs> yes, oh dude, and then they had some fried onions with it. Oh, you have to go there Ooh. next time we visit. That is an easy, you get, I mean, easy arm pull. Oh, it's so oh. good. <laughs> and uh, as for myself, I guess the only most James Bond thing I've done up the last couple of weeks is I was actually at Armadillo Con here in Austin, Texas, which is one of the science fiction fantasy conventions we do every year. Not as big as a certain one in Atlanta where somebody else may be heading, but uh, a small small elite group of folks who get together every year in Austin. And I moderated, I think it was like five panels throughout the weekend and managed to mention James Bond in every single panel, no matter what the subject was, including managing to sneak a mention of Bond into a panel on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, so that was a nice little crossover I got going there. So that's probably my uh, main James Bond thing. Now, we're talking of acquisitions, somehow some new copy of The World Is Not Enough extended edition cd magically appeared on my desk uh, the other day i don't know where that came from but if you listen to the new uh, edition of six of the best which went online this morning as we're recording this you will know the answer to where the mysterious cd originated all right enough of the waffle so this episode as we mentioned is the 32nd episode of our ongoing series on this channel mi6 rogue agents where we traverse the 007 universe That could mean books, that could mean music, that could mean video games, essentially any medium that connects to the Bond franchise that we love so much here on on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. So now let's go on to our rogue subject for this episode. And for this series of Rogue Agents, when I get to pick the topic, I decided to sort of go back to the beginning and take a look at the various trailers that were issued for each of the Eon-produced James Bond movies. And in each episode, we'll take a look at three trailers, play the trailer, then get the reactions of each agent. But before we start this time, I was unable to participate when we did our previous trailer review show back in February because I was out of the country. And Jared kindly stepped into host and promptly threw my script out of the window and messed around with the order. 
And given a listen back, I actually like the way that Jared structured it. So I'm going to steal it from him. And whoa, that's... whoa, whoa. <laughs> you don't need to. I've ever, I've ever received from Al. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to basically stick with that format for this episode and probably going forward. So let's kick things off with our first trailer. And because you all demanded it, let's kick off the 1970s with the trailer for Diamonds Are Forever. Waiting for him. Asking for him. Now he's here. Who are you? My name is Bond. James Bond. He's back in a new Bond spectacular. Welcome to hell, Blofeld. He's back. Good evening. And we're back to what great movies are all about. Hey, what the hell is this? Hey, listen, you can't do this to me. I've got friends in this town. Outrageous, fun-making thrills. I didn't know there was a pool down there. He's back. The character who runs rings around his enemies in Diamonds Are Forever. 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 And they're back. Some rare facets of female bondage. That's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I don't dress for the hired help. Starring Jill St. John, Charles Gray, and he's back as Blofeld, 007 style. Good evening, 007. From the Diamond Territory of South Africa. Curious. How everyone who touches those diamonds seems to die. The canals of Amsterdam. To the gaming halls of Las Vegas. Hi, I'm Plenty. But of course you are. Plenty O'Toole. Named after your father, perhaps. To the rocket sites of Nevada. Sean Connery. Alias James Bond 007 is back in action.
let's go around and get a few folks' thoughts on the trailer. And as I know, it's probably the person who's watched it most recently. Let's start with Delvin. To me, out of the three, Diamonds of Forever had the best entrance. Like the first few, like 10 seconds, I was like, oh. And so it, it got my attention instantly. And I liked that. And then, and this is kind of like the thing that was in common with the three. It just kind of trailed off a little bit. They all felt similar in that, like they felt like they needed to do the James Bond theme on each of them. And so that kind of it made it uniform, but it made them all kind of feel the same where you didn't really learn much about the movie. You kind of just got clips from the movie. And then like, especially on this one, it's like, you guys already gave away that Blofeld died. That's kind of a big giveaway. So, yeah, a big hit with it was the best entrance out of the three, but a big miss in that they gave away like who uh, Blofeld was. Like the whole thing needed a better editor. Like they dropped plenty of tool out of the window. They didn't need to show her hitting the pool. They could have just shown her being dropped out of the window and that could have left a little bit of suspense. But I'll leave some for the other fellas. So let's move on to Pat. What did you make of it, Pat? I agree with what Delvin is saying is the minute I saw the action, I wrote down lots of action scenes in this one. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's a lot of stuff going on here. You had the car chases, different things like that happening. And I really liked it and it kept my attention right away. And then slowly started to trickle off, as Delvin said. I like that they use the main song at the end of it. You get a little bit of that right, right at the end on that as well, too. So very fun. Kept me interested. And out of the three, is this one the top? I don't know. We'll have to go on to the rest of them. But, well, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil where we're getting to at the end of here. So, yeah, lots of action. They showed a lot of what the movie was about. Jason, you agree with Delvin and Pat that the trailer trails off? I do. I'm trying to put myself in the headspace of somebody that was watching these trailers for the first time in like 1970, 1971 diamonds are forever. I've seen a million times, not my favorite Sean Connery. I don't think that I'm alone in that, but I'm wondering as I was watching that trailer to Delvin's point, they reveal that Blofeld dies right at the beginning. So I was kind of wondering what was the psyche of the average Bond film goer? There are a lot of folks like us that like the books and the movies. And for me, the disappointing thing about Diamonds Are Forever is it was a lost opportunity to tap into how Honor Majesty's Secret Service ended off. And it didn't do that. And it almost seemed like it was kind of like, here's an apology. Hey, we went too far last time. We got your boy back. We got Connery back. We're going to take care of that that Blofeld thing. And then you're going to see this really cool car chase that they showed at the opening, which I thought was really cool. That probably the highlight of the movie is that, you know, those car stunts were still pretty banging. So, yeah, I guess I just was trying to put my head into the headspace of somebody who was trying to go to the theater and thinking about, am I going to go see this new Bond movie? Uh, oh, Sean Connery's back. Maybe that's what your average film goer wanted in 1970, 1971. All right. So, Jeff, let's move it on to you. I want to kind of continue Jason's theme, actually, because I was doing that same thing. Like, we just had that big shift with Lazenby, and now we're shifting back to Sean Connery. Uh, one of the most interesting things I noticed about the trailer 
is that they treated it almost like they would treat a new Bond coming back in the franchise. It was a very slow reveal. It was a lot of driving, but they didn't show Sean. They didn't show Sean until I think the scene where he, they show Sean in the movie. But they gave us a lot of action adventure, and then then they introduced Sean. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. He kind of did it like they would introduce a new Bond actor in the franchise. The trailer overall, I thought, was really polished. I got the feeling that all the principal photography, maybe all of it, had been done. Because every scene that we saw in there was in the movie. It all looked great. All the film looked clean and well. What is it called? Uh, when they, they colorize it, they balance it, whatever the heck that's called. It, it all looked very clean and very polished. On to the Blofeld thing. I thought it was neat how they explained Blofeld. They were like, uh, Charles Gray is back as Blofeld, right? And then they showed the cosmetic surgery stuff. So your average moviegoer back there might go, well, oh, it's not Telly Savalas. Oh, okay, okay. he looks different. He's had plastic surgery. So they kind of, I think they were kind of hedging their bets saying, hey, we got this guy and this is why he looks different. And then they killed him, like you mentioned, in the trailer twice. Now, had they only killed him once, I would have been like, okay, that's weird. But they, killing him twice as a moviegoer, I would have been like, what? 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 <laughs> like, what is happening here? So I thought that was a good hook. I liked the two deaths of Blofeld. It had very little Shirley Bassey in it. Pat mentioned that they had her at the very end, which I thought was odd. Like, that's a pretty banging song, but they didn't really yeah. use it. And in fact, I'm going to do a little theme as we go through these because I'm on a show called Six of the Best. Alan, you should check that out. It's a good show. Um, I don't know. I've, it doesn't sound like my, my cup of tea at all. Not really. your cup of tea. I paid attention to where all the music came from in each trailer, so I'm going to break it down for you. In this trailer, Dr. No music was heavily used. It gets used a lot. It's basically the James Bond game from Dr. No. Dr. No music gets used a lot. They use an instrumental version of Diamonds Are Forever in the background a little bit. And then most interestingly, they brought in a little bit of Mr. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in the background music, which I thought was an interesting and odd choice. And there's some more kind of interesting musical things to come, as I noticed them on other trailers. But that is where I'll leave it. Back to you, Alan. All right. I actually want to pick up on a couple of things. You mentioned, a few of you mentioned that the, the car chase up front. To me, it felt like that car chase was tacked onto the front of a trailer that had already been finished. Because that first 10 seconds of the car chase, there was no voiceover and there was no music. There was no intro. You just went, if you didn't mm -hmm. know it was a Bond movie, mm -hmm. you just went, what am I watching? It's just a Mustang racing around Las Vegas. It's an attention like, getter, though. Yeah, it but it's like no indication that it's a Bond movie or anything. And then once you get in 10 seconds in, then you get into the polished trailer. To me, it felt like, oh, we've got that stuff in the can now. Let's throw it on the front of the trailer. Yeah, I don't know. Did anybody else feel that way? I kind of did feel that way, Alan, because it just, boom, right away, There's it's the car chase. No intro or anything like that happening and made me kind of wonder as you said that when they do these trailers is there any dates of like when they're putting them together like how soon how far away nowadays you get a little bit of a glimpse of something then you get a little bit more later on once things are more you know squared away and shored up and then finally you get the, the final release trailer is out now and right. it's in the movie you know it'll be in the theaters in a month or two yeah i mean i assume I don't know what I'm talking about, but we do a whole music show and we don't know what we're talking about. So um. <laughs> it is great. We're, we're on podcasts. We don't even know what we're talking about. We just show um, up. And talk. But I, I, you know, I assume from like any marketing campaign, you have a date before the main product comes out when you want the main marketing assets done by, and then you backtrack from that as to when you need the material done. And they do that. And 
I don't know, it just felt to me like they, they had that already done and it was getting close and it's like, oh, we finished the Las Vegas car chase scene. We've got some footage. Let's just throw it on there. So the other thing you talked about, the intro of Bond. If this is you introducing Bond, why introduce him with a close-up of his sandals? He's rocking those Birkenstocks, wasn't it? Birkenstocks, yeah. I was like, really? It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest look. I was like, oh, I... Yeah, Has James Bond ever wear sandals? That's a good question that everybody's <laughs> asked themselves. I just, yeah, couldn't, I just couldn't get past the sandals. I could not get past the sandals. Yeah, he was, was wearing sandals in the terry cloth onesie. Yeah, at the pool, and it's I recognized like, those toes I anywhere. So. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they were stunt toes. Maybe Connery wasn't on them. <laughs> All right. So, uh, as per the fact that Jared changed the the way we're doing this, we'll. Uh, Rather than wait till the end, we'll actually take each trailer and score it from one to seven as to how excited this trailer would make you want to go see the movie, with one being lowest and seven being the highest. So let's go around the horn again. Delvin, how would you rate this Diamonds Are Forever trailer from one to seven? Especially because of the beginning, I'll give it, I'll give it a five. Being slightly generous, but I didn't think it was a bad trailer. It definitely felt long particularly compared to uh, Live and Let Die, which we're about to discuss. And I know it ran three and a half minutes, but it just felt like it was, it just felt longer than that. So, yeah, I'll give it a, a generous five. Okay, Pat? I am with Delvin with the five on this one. Uh, Jason, are we going to keep the fives going? I think I will. For me personally, it'd probably be about a four. But again, putting my headspace into, if I was seeing that for the first time in 1970, 71, Knowing that Sean Connery's coming back, Birkenstock's not withstanding, I'm excited to go see it and to see that car chase opening. You know, this is the 70s. These were times of like Bullet and all these other type of car chase movies. So, and I'm stoked. I'm stoked to see Bond in a cool car chase. So, fine for me. Sounds about right. And Jody, you're going to keep the streak going. I think I will. I think I will put it right at a five. Highlights being killing Blofeld twice. If I had seen that in theater, I would have been like, I have questions. (laughs) And uh, also, when it said the beautiful ladies of Bond and it put the four ladies up there, I've had uh, dinner with two of the four because I'm fancy. You are fancy, aren't you? But I suspect you've had dinner with those same two ladies, Al. Yes, I have, actually. (laughs) Fancy bros. All right. So talking of fancy stuff, let's move on. A couple of years to 1973. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Uh, First of all, those were Bob Simmons's toes. I just made that up. Second of all, I, did you score it, Alan? Me? No. I'll, I'll join the train. I'll give it a five, too. All right. Let's move on to 1973. Delvin already mentioned it. It's time for some more Bond, more Bond fun with Live and Let Die. James Bond, 007, in Ian Fleming's Live and Let Die. My name's Bob. James Bond. Names is for tombstones, baby. Waste him now. James Bond is back, and wherever he drops in, it can mean only one thing. Trouble! This is the Bond adventure with more excitement, more action, more danger, and more. Much more. Roger Moore as James Bond, 007. Oh, they live and they die. 
007 is on a worldwide manhunt, the body count is going up. And where Bond stops to visit, he leaves his mark. On everything. They'll kill you. They will kill us. Love was lesson number two. Togetherness. Is there time before we leave for lesson number three? Absolutely. Because Bond is on the move. And if you miss this one, you'll miss the most exciting 007 adventure of them all. Let's get our thoughts on uh, Roger Moore's first outing. Why don't we start with Pat? This is Roger Moore's first outing. I uh, will get to that in a minute, but just kind of sequentially watching it through. I really like that they went with a nice Bond opening for this one with the, you know, the reticle, the the Bond opening, you know, that everybody kind of likes and they that they did that with that. And I really like that. Uh, and then you they introduced Roger Moore for the f- first time. And I thought that was interesting as well too i'm like oh wait a minute it made me double take and go oh this is Moore's first appearance and then they went to the movie uh, you know lots of actions lots of different things like that uh i'm not sure if i saw the bucket of doom in this one or maybe that's no wait that's the man with the golden gun never mind i'm getting my bonds mixed up here uh other than that a little bit long in the tooth on this one as well with the trailer but it makes me wonder maybe Trailers were a little bit longer back then, you know, just again, more padding for movies to come, things like that. Because when you think about it, you weren't seeing this kind of a three minute, four minute trailer on a TV commercial. You were definitely not seeing that. So you had to go to the theater to make sure you saw these trailers happening. And that I miss that. I miss that. I miss going to the theater and watching movie trailers, getting excited for something to come. I remember just going to see the new Star Wars episode one had to go. I can't remember what movie it was, but I remember going to watch some movie because it had the trailer. So this does bring back some nostalgia and and fun with these. Having sat through 20 minutes of trailers at the movie theater on Sunday, Mm. it seems like you get an interminable amount of time for trailers these days, but they're really (laughs) short, which makes it even worse. I think I'd rather have three or four good three, four-minute trailers yes, than, yes. than 10 two-minute ones. But, yeah, we still got a lot of trailers. But you're right. I remember going to certain movies just because I knew there was a particular trailer 
mm-hmm. attached to it. So and this is probably one I would have gone and searched out in the early 70s too. All right, let's move it on to Jason. What were your thoughts on Live and Let Die? I really liked it. Like Pat said, it was cool seeing the gun barrel opening and you can see the silhouette and you're like, wait a minute, that's not Sean Connery. And then Roger Moore just walks right up to you. I thought that was pretty baller. I thought they selected some pretty good moments from the film. I love when he comes in and they just nail his line. My name's Bond, James Bond. Names are for tombstones, baby. That was a great scene. I thought that made for a great part of the trailer. And of course, the boat chase. Sheriff J.W. Pepper, you love him, you hate him. I love him. (laughs) So so all in all, I was pretty excited with the uh, Live and Let Die trailer. And again, trying to put myself into the mindset of somebody that's seen it for the first time. I'm excited to see Roger Moore. I'm excited to see where this Bond franchise is going. I'm hooked. Cool. So, Jared, what are your thoughts? Uh, Much like Jason, the first thing that leapt out at me was the gun barrel. We've seen the gun barrel a hundred times, but then the zoom in to walk to reveal. So cool. So it definitely is worth mentioning twice. Delvin might appreciate this one because I remember he and I especially, well, we probably all picked up on it, but I remember he and I riffing on it when it was Lazenby's turn to be Bond. And they're like, he's different. This is a different Bond. It's all different. And this time it was more, more, more. They were like really hitting on more action, more of this. It's Roger Moore. And I was like, I knew I knew they were going to do it. <laughs> Again, like Diamonds, it's very polished. It looks like the film was probably done when they put it together. I didn't see any scenes in there that didn't end up in the movie. Everything looked clean and just polished. I liked the bullet hole motif. That they do, you know, five or six bullet holes uh, throughout the trailer. That that was neat. I really liked the very end, and if it's a blink and you miss it thing, but when they reveal the title "Live and Let Die," the word "die" does that wavy thing, like it does in the pre-title sequence, which I thought was a neat little touch. One thing's uh, I might have changed. I think it needs more voodoo. I think they should have leaned more into the voodoo aspects of that movie. And there's one thing that just bugs me. There's a shot where there's four circles going on in the screen and there's action in three of the four, but the one on the bottom left where he's having that picnic slash lovemaking time with Rosie, it's a still. So three of the four circles is, is moving action. And that fourth was just a still shot. And I was like, did you, did you not have the footage for that? Like what? I don't know. This is weird. Anyways, keeping up with the music again, a lot of use of the Dr. No James Bond theme. And shockingly enough, Alan, you might have noticed this too, because I know it's your favorite soundtrack as well. Oh, there's Majesty's music in the background on this one. I hadn't noticed that. I will have to give I it was like, listen. And I thought that was particularly interesting because they're using Majesty's music, which was from the other new Bond. So here we have another new Bond, and they're using the new Bond music. So that was kind of an interesting little connection. Very cool. So Delvin, was this more to your taste? I'd say it was a little less, actually. I, I wasn't as all aboard as uh, Jason and, and maybe Jared were. It's going to play on the same thing that I've had. And like All of them seemed like stock James Bond movie promos. And what I mean by that is, what could you tell me about Live and Let Die other than it's the next James Bond movie after seeing this? Now, don't get me wrong. Like the plane scene that they showed was cool. The boat scene that they showed was very, very cool. They sort of showed a fight with uh, Yafet Koto and James Bond, but it didn't really give you any 
idea of what the heck was going on as far as the movie and the plot of Live and Let Die was a pretty interesting plot. So like, I, I'm surprised that they didn't lean into that a little bit more and they just leaned a lot more into go watch this. It's James Bond, of which at this point I would probably be like, okay, but I mean, you know, don't insist upon yourself that much that you're going to just show clips from the movie and just say, okay, go watch this when you could entice not only old people, but new people into it. I think they missed an opportunity. It makes me wonder if, because they were using a new Bond actor, like they did with Lazenby, if they were just going super mellow, like, eh, you know. Possibly. And I want to add one good point uh, that I don't think anyone else mentioned, and I'm sure Pat would agree. Jane Seymour's in the movie, which is obviously a sell. But I thought that it was a very cool moment. She kind of, you know, hints about, you know, the third thing and Moore's Bond very cool. It's like, absolutely. And I like that. And it, something about that was just a very cool moment. And to me, that was even cooler than he gets with the lady. It's like, yeah, but that that was more of a pump <laughs> in the pool. <laughs> I hate and love myself for using uh, that. We've been doing this too long. We've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> but it more defined how much of a charming ladies' man that Roger Moore's Bond was. I got a tear in my eye. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you are love, Jason. You are valued. You are special. All right. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I noticed. I think you actually make a good point, both Delvin and Jared, about the fact that. Rewatching it, it doesn't come across, like you said, about what this movie is about. It doesn't really play into the voodoo stuff. There's nothing there to hook you. Like we talked about the Diamonds one, there's the two deaths of Blofeld that make you go, hang on, what's going on here? Maybe you want to go and find out how are they doing that? What's the point? But this one, it was just a vignette of scenes from the movie. All cool scenes, but it it was sort of a live and let die's greatest hits things. Jared and I were talking about this the other day. One thing I noticed was they don't use the live and let die song. They used um, the original. Person, right, they didn't right. use the Paul McCartney one, yep. but it's it said. Right, but they didn't use. It, it yeah. said song written by Paul and Linda McCartney, but it never said performed by. And they yep. used the the one from within the movie, which made me wonder if they were still going through the Harry Saltzman wanting somebody else to sing the theme song argument at the point that they put the trailer together. So that's a good observation. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta love a guy who's got a, a freaking beetle in his lobby. He's like, now who's gonna sing it? Yeah, <laughs> the beetle in your lobby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go back and rate the trailer from one to seven. Let's go around the horn again. So let's start with Pat. How would you rate this one? Comparing it to the first one with a lot of action and getting me enticed into it, this one really didn't do it for me. I got to give it a three on trailer wise, and and I think Delvin at the end kind of put it together nicely that it was just. You know, eh, here's some parts of the movie. Nothing to pull you in to make you want to go and figure out what's happening in this movie. Like the last one we just watched, Diamonds Are Forever. Okay, let's hand it over to Jason. I'm going to give it a six. Like I said, I really like that opening with Roger Moore, and he just kind of nails it coming right out through the gun barrel for me. If I'm going to the movie theater, seeing this preview knowing nothing about the film, just that seeing Roger Moore and that swagger and that boat chase are enough to get me in. So six for me. Well, quite a range so far. Jared, where are you going to come in? I'm going to land on another five. 
I thought it was fine. I like the Roger Moore bit. The only reason it doesn't get to that six or even seven level that, that Jason's got it at, like I mentioned before, it felt like Eon was sort of hedging their bets. Like we've got the, this new bond. We got a little bit burned last time by Lazenby. So let's just be really kind of chill and banal. But five, it was good. It could have been better, but it was good. Delvin. Are we going to pick a number? Because we've had three different numbers so far. So you're going to make it a fourth different number? Yeah, we are. I am. I'm going to give it a four, actually. So, yeah, we are all over the spectrum here. I give it an okay. Like, right at that middle area. Don't want to lean towards a five. The four goes for, like, I like the, I really like that moment with Jane Seymour and Roger Moore. But with such cool things, and like Jared mentioned, the voodoo element, they needed to show that. Yeah, to show that this was kind of a funky movie is a little bit intriguing, you know? So to me, slightly missed opportunity. What about you, Alan? What would you give it? Well, if you guys have used all the other numbers, that means I've only got a one and a seven to pick from. Is that right? And a two. Correct. Oh, and, and a two. two. Yeah, two. Oh, well, actually, I'm not going to do that either. I'm actually going to go with Jared. I'm going to give it a five. I was hoping for more, more. That was an unintentional more plan. I was hoping that we would get a better feel for the movie out of it. The, the introduction of Roger Moore, I thought was really well done. But like I said, the rest of it just seemed to be live and let dies, greatest hits, vignette. So yeah, landed a, a solid five for me. All right. So um, let's move on to two years later, 1975, a year when everybody seemed to be Kung Fu fighting. And so was James Bond. So let's take a look at the man with the golden gun. Scaramanga. The man with the golden gun. He always uses a golden bullet. This trinket set with a note requesting special delivery to you. I have never seen Mr. Scaramanga. Mr. Bond, this is impossible. I can't. I can't tell you. Don't kill me. Who? Scaramanga. Roger Moore, back in action in the exotic east as James Bond. 007 on a collision course with the most dangerous man alive. The man with the golden gun. Hold on, sir. James Bond on the job. The girls are willing. I've dreamed about you setting me free. The pace is killing. Good night. We've got you spotted. How about demonstration, boy? Certainly, sir. You'll meet old friends and new enemies. It's non-stop bomb. 
the action is spectacular. You're not! I sure am, boy. Reaching a new high for 007. Monsieur Bond, I am Nick Nat. Monsieur Scaramanga will welcome you personally. The target is the highest price killer in the world. He plays a deadly game, and the stakes are sky high. Let's start out this time with Jason. What's was your feelings around the Man with the Golden Gun trailer? Kind of ran hot and cold for me. I like the enticement of the trailer having the bullet with the 007 number on it. Christopher Lee is Francisco Scaramanga. So you've got a really good antagonist right there to hook you into. To me, uh, the martial arts stuff kind of takes me out of it. It took me out of the the movie generally and it really kind of it left me wondering is this kind of like a serious movie where it's assassin versus assassin or now it looks kind of like a little jackie chan spoof i'm not sure what i'm getting into here so it was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster ride for me of course i like seeing bernard lee as him in the trailer that was really cool just kind of hot and cold but i did like i think it stuck the landing with the fun house scene at the very end and Christopher Lee doing that shot from the, that was pretty cool. So I was like, oh, cool. Uh, oh, cool. Uh. <laughs> so, so it was kind of, kind of like that for me. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to land on this one, Alan. That's what I'm saying. We were waiting in anticipation. And while we wait, let's see what Jared has to say about it. All right. They reused the same more uh, gun barrel reveal, which is fine with me because it was cool the first time. It was cool the second time. I like how they took their time to reveal Christopher Lee. Like you get quick glimpses of him. And I think if you were in the theater in the seventies watching that, especially if you were, you know, a, a hammer or fan or whatever, you'd probably be like, was that, was that Chris, was it, was that Christopher? And then they kind of really reveal it. You go, oh, it is Christopher Lee. And so I think that would have been exciting. J.W. Pepper is back. And half your audience, like me and Jason are like, so weak. Half are like, oh God, oh. And Alec gets up and leaves. <laughs> oh, man. Again, this one, three for three on being completely polished, didn't spot any scenes that weren't in the movie. A point that I think I might be stealing from Delvin because he mentioned it during the Diamonds trailer. He said, you know, throw plenty of tool out the window and then cut. They did that really smart thing with the, with the big stunt, didn't they? They showed whoo, halfway up the ramp and into the air, cut. You have no idea what's going to car after that and i thought that's that's clever the only uh oddity i found on this one is at the very very end of the very very last shot man with the golden guns on the screen and they got a golden gun coming in from the right hand side of the screen and it's just a it's a 45 pistol it's just a just a regular 45 that they put a gold filter on or something i thought well, that's cool up. though it looks cool but it's not the golden gun but you know i'll let it slide on music watch 
surprise, surprise, the Dr. No James Bond theme is back. It has a little bit of source music when the uh, Asian dance troupe is doing their thing. This is the only one of the three that has an original cue from the soundtrack in the trailer. And it, it's a good one. And if I could remember the name of it, I'd tell you. It's almost like I do a show about Bond music. But, but Alan and I have been on the show. We don't know what we're doing half the time. But there is an original cue from this soundtrack in it. And that's the only one of the three that really did that. I mean, they, they had some instrumental versions in the other ones. But this one had like a true original cue. And then it had the theme song. But once again, only in instrumental. That's all I got for you. I'm loving the uh, the music background stuff. That's cool. You should do it on all of them going forward. You've set yourself up a test now. Boxed myself in here, haven't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> you have. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's move on to Delvin. The big plus, continuing my fame, is it did give you more of the plot of the movie, and that was appreciated. Where they talked about the dialogue between M and Bond, and you know, M was like, "Do you know, you know, who Scaramanga is?" and Bond explains it. So like everybody is getting to know a little bit about the movie. Big, big plus. Yeah, the martial arts. I didn't want to interrupt Jason, but he's like, yeah, the martial arts. I think I was like, what what martial arts? I saw a dude in a gi. I did not see any martial arts except for the two ladies that he had that totally bailed his ass out because he got in some half-ass karate things. Bro, stop. Or, or take Two weeks of actual training. Of course. Don't you disrespect the Roger Moore knife hands. <laughs> oh, so, sorry, Jared. I will move on. And the, the only the other thing that was just, oh, they should have just deleted it. That him getting tough with the woman, like, oh no. Never was Roger's strong suit. He he that was not. Again, no, no, like it's like I get the point of it. You're a secret agent, you got to do what you got to do. Did you need it in the trailer? Nope, sure didn't. As soon as I saw it, it turned me off a decent amount because I don't need my secret agent beating up on a fragile woman that didn't do anything for me. But the main, main point though of them telling the story about Scaramanga being a dangerous individual that Bond has to go after because he's basically challenged, I liked it a lot. Cool. Um, Pat, what was your thoughts? This one I found did a lot more with site locations and scenery than some of the other ones. We look at the older, I want to say older bonds, but it was a lot about exotic locations that, you know, you would never get to before or see. And they would, you know, kind of make that part of the picture and just the fun of going and seeing it on a big screen to see these really nice locations. They really did a nice job with this one, I thought. Uh, that's what really struck out to me on it. Jarrett was mentioning the part to where the car's getting ready to go, and he, what happens there, and I'm like, oh, we're going to get a slide whistle? No, oh, no slide whistle. I'm like, oh, no, that kind of let me down, so I'm going to have to deduct a point on that Wait, one. A deducted a point for no slide whistle is a bold move. <laughs> exactly, I like, you know. It, I think you're in a minority there, but I was like cheering. It wasn't in there. <laughs> he, he also likes the Madonna song. So well, uh, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing too is like this, if anything made me want to see this movie more, you had me at lady in a bikini running around in a facility trying to get out. Why wouldn't you want to watch that? A lady in a bikini. Right, running what do you got around. in your basement? 
Well, I wish I had ladies. You like, like to watch a lady in a bikini in a facility <laughs> trying to get out. Uh, maybe I said too much. Never mind. Let's edit that out. <laughs> All your secrets revealed eventually, Pat. Yeah. But I'm now it's Jane, Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. Would be kind of, mm. I'm surprised that in Delvin Stern, he didn't bring up the fact that they used the hydrofoil in the preview. The what? Never mind. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go around one more time and rank this one, the last of the three trailers for this evening from one to seven. Jason. I'll give it a five. I think it was a little bit weaker. I think the weakest of the three, but Jared called it that car stunt. I'd want to go see it. I'd want to go see how that stunt ended out. And I'd like to see a lady in a bikini running around trying to get out of a facility. Two cool guys. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And Sheriff J.W. Pepper's back. So I'm in. (laughs) All right. uh, Jared. Found a member of the J.W. Pepper fan club. What did you make of it? This occurred to me by that that banner they put up. There's a J.W. Pepper is back. That could be a warning. (laughs) (laughs) Adjust accordingly. Yeah, I did like Uh, the fact they left a certain gap between putting that up and then saying old friends are back. They they actually separated those two statements. So I'm back at a five. So I'm three for three on fives on this one. Good combination of locations, like Pat said. The cliffhanger of the car spinning just really really well put together christopher lee it's a selling point so i was thinking about what delvin said with him roughing up maud adams on that one i didn't i didn't like that either and like i said it was never roger moore's strong somehow connery could do it he was a more cruel bond but it just wasn't roger and i'm just wondering if if because roger's still relatively new and i wonder if they maybe got some feedback from live and let die saying oh he's not as tough as Sean, that they were like, let's put it something that shows he's tough. And I guess beating up Maude Adams and <laughs> sort of that. I don't know. It, it didn't fly very well. I agree with Delvin, but five. Sorry, I went, I went a field there. It's a five. Yeah, I mean, Roger Moore always said that he hated that scene and felt it was completely out of character. So. Just wasn't his. So what, why on earth they put it in the trailer when your star didn't even like doing it? I have no idea. Delvin, what did you uh, rank this one at? I'm at a five also. Would have gave it a six, but we already... Um ironically enough, beat that scene to death. <laughs> so <laughs> five it is, and uh, we can move on. All right, Pat, what was your score? I am going to give it a five as well. I would have gave it a six, but like I said, I have to put down a point because no slide whistle on this one. But does the ladies Welcome dancing? Welcome to Pat's last episode, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's a five. It makes me want to go out and, and watch this movie and just... Seemed like a really fun movie to go and watch. A lot of action, lots of fun, and yeah. Well, it looks like it's five across the board because I was five as well. Actually, for me, I think I would have given it a six for what I mean. Delvin said about this one actually sets up the plot, gives you an idea of the plot. I love the cut of the the spiral jump before you know what happens. So that was that was very mm-hmm. cool. The thing about this one that actually dragged it down for me was that freeze frame of the golden gun that they interspersed it with, which is not a shot out of the movie where they did the da, 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 freeze frame of the golden gun firing like three or four times that just sort of broke the flow of the trailer for me. So without that, I think it would have been a six, but uh, with that, it knocks it down to a five. So can I ask a question here? Sure. The theme of these three trailers and actually movies is, is there always been a car chase in a bond movie? I'm trying to think of, is there a movie that doesn't have one? Because in all three trailers, we see a car chase going on. Even early on in Dr. No, you know, we have the car chase going on. So 
I'm trying to think of Russia with love springs to mind. There's a boat chase and there's stuff on the train, but I don't think there's a proper car chase. Okay. No, there's cars tailing each other, which isn't right. really like a, car. a dude tied up in the back of the car yeah. and all. I mean, there's yeah. not really a chase unless you're actually talking about Spectre, and then it is a car chase if it's just two cars following each other. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, hell, and shots fired. Bam! <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ahead, of, ahead of myself there. That's a really good question. Yeah, from Russia with love. I was going to say Goldeneye because it's a chase with a tank rather than a car chase. That's chasing in the franchise, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's a it's a good question. I I think the majority have a car chase, but I don't think there's one in like every single. It's not a staple of a Bond movie to have. I mean, I, I think the staple is there's a chase. There's a vehicle chase of some sort. And sort, okay. Yeah. All right. So this is actually going to be interesting because let's see and uh, go around and, and see if we can actually put these in some sort of order. Most of us seem to have given them five most. Each of them are pretty much the same mark. And we've all mentioned that they actually felt tonally pretty much identical. So let's see how we actually rated or ranked these three trailers. Let's start with Jared. How would you put these three in order if I was going to say Man. if you were forced to, but I'm going to force you to anyway. So, <laughs> all right. It is tough because I was the guy that was 555. I don't know if anybody else did 555, but I did. There's no daylight between these for me. So basically, I'm going to have to rank them in the order in which I like the movies. So, um, live and let die, diamonds, man with the golden gun. Okay. Delvin, do you agree with that, or how would you rank them? No, I'm a little bit jumbled up from Jared. I will go Man with the Golden Gun, Diamonds Are Forever, then Live and Let Die. Okay, Pat? Because you mentioned earlier on that you'd actually already rank them, so... Yeah, I am actually going to go Diamonds, Man with the Golden Gun, and then Live and Let Die. Okay, and Jason? Live and Let Die, Diamonds, Man with the Golden Gun. So no real consensus at all. Jason and I is matched, so the, yeah, okay. the Ulrich DNA is shining through. Well, I'm, I'm going along with Delvin, because mine was the same as Delvin's. So my list was the same as Delvin. It's Man with a Golden Gun, Diamonds, and hey. Let Die, which is actually... Two cool guys. Two cool guys. Hey, no. <laughs> wait, wait, that's, wait. But that's, that's not the order I would actually prefer the movies, but for the trailers. But I had a real... I was just moving them around all the time, because... Yeah, they're tight. They're, they're just very much... It's uh, close. As somebody said, just a, a prototypical Bond trailer almost. It's like these three were like, oh, we figured out what a Bond trailer should be, and we just like keep stamping them out over this time period. So it'll be interesting to see as they progress if that format carries on going forward. So thank you, guys. Thanks for watching the trailers, giving us your thoughts. It's always interesting to go back and look at these early marketing um, materials for the, for the movies. All right, uh, so that's the show. And as a reminder to our audience, if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can send us your questions, comments, or trivia challenges to ohmspod at outlook.com or over on our Twitter X page at ohmspod. And if you'd like, you can even use the email as a reminder that was ohmspod at outlook.com to send us an audio recording of your question or comment, and we might even play it on the show. And we would love to hear from you and make you a part of the show. Also, if you're an Apple podcast listener, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review for the show. That helps raise the show's profile to attract more of the 007 family to this program. And as a reward for leaving a review, we'll read your entire review on an upcoming episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. I want to thank Jason, Jared, Delvin, and Pat for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where listeners can find us on the internet. Let's start with Jason. Where are you online these days? 
You can find me at Jason Albrick on threads and on Instagram. And Jared, where can we find you? I am at Yard Sale Artist on X and Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out my art at www.theyardsaleartist.com. And Delvin, where can folks reach out to you? I am on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y 1977. Instagram, Delvin Ray. And Pat, where can we find you online? Well, Tex, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on the Twix, if you know what that lingo is. I'm at Cristatos01. It's not just a candy bar. It's for comments as well. Alan, where can you be found? Thank you for asking, Pat. I can be found for James Bond stuff on Twitter at Bond Lexicon and just on the, most of the other social media platforms at Alan J. Porter. And you can go to my website, alanjporter.com, where I have a links page where you find direct links to everywhere you can find me on the interwebs. So thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of MI6 Rogue Agents. If you enjoyed this crew and want to hear more from them, but in the realm of comic books, check out The Longbox Crusade. Pat, where can we find The Longbox Crusade? Well, Alan, I am glad you asked. Longbox Crusade can be found at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, X, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all at Longbox Crusade. Just go and search us out in anywhere. Subscribe, like, link, whatever you want to do to support us. It really means a lot to us. So go find us. We're out there. And you put out a great range of shows there, Pat. Highly recommend them. So thanks to the fellas for taking on yet another dangerous mission. Thanks to the listeners who tuned in. And if you'd like to leave a question or a comment on this or any other episodes, again, feel free to contact the show on Twitter at OHMSpod or email us at OHMSpod at Outlook.com. And we hope to hear from you soon. The next episode of MI6 Rogue Agents will feature Jared's choice. But in the meantime, Honor Majesty's secret podcast will return. This episode features the James Bond GoldenEye 007 Trap Remix by The Whiddler.